This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. Under his guru is a guru who won the rat race in just one lap. He's your host, IC Robots. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, it is going to get so much less week. I went to a toy con uh, up there in Santa Rosa. I'll tell you all about that. I saw LeVar Burton. It was a heck of a good time. going to talk about a movie I saw called A Simple Favor. But first, a new song from Instant Kate and that dude, Iceberg 13. Yo, Iceberg, drop it. Cream of the crop, stock rising like the murder rate. Double E and IB13, drop it. It was worth the wait. Verbal grapes, spoken word, world circulate. You're snacking cheddar because you're working at the burger place. Cold like the winters of Cabrini Green. See me lean, getting cream. Since the break dance, graffiti scene. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. Rock and roll could never hip hop like this. That's true, man. We might be the most hip hopinest non hip hop show out there. Not to say that we are not hip hop. I guess what I mean to say is that is not the main topic. I don't know what the main topic is. It might be. It might be me. I would say that I I probably am. I I got a bit of a cold, dude. I don't know if it's a cold or if it's allergies, but I'm all stuffed up. I think that I think that I got the convention cold. Like I said in the intro, we went to the uh we went to the Santa Rosa Toy Con this past week up there in good old good old SR and yeah. You shake a lot of hands, you see a lot of people that you don't see all the time. That's what's terrific about an event like this. I get to see all the geeks, all the nerds, all the toy collectors that I know all at one time. They all they all come out of the woodworks for this, but it uh you shake a lot of hands and they shake a lot of hands and sometimes you come home, sometimes you come home with like a germ of some sort. I don't know. I don't feel that terrible. I'm just, I'm just really stuffed up. You can, you can definitely hear it. Sometimes you get a cold and you wind up, you wind up sounding like Sam Elliott. You get like, you get like this husky voice. Other times you get a cold and you just wind up talking like you got two pieces of chewing gum stuck in your, one in each nostril. Maybe two, maybe two in each. I really only have like one stuffed up nostril. It's the one the one on the left, but it's pretty bad. I keep sneezing too, which is, which is weird. There's not a lot of allergens down here on the ocean's floor. Sure, you know, you got like some kind of like plant life, but it's, it's outside the tank. But, um, there, there may be dust. I don't know. I, I probably shouldn't have come to work. I don't want to get anybody sick. I feel like, especially in an enclosed environment like the one we work in, the, the chances of getting unwell are magnified. Ensign Kate, who you just heard, she did that great song with uh, Iceberg. They've been hanging out a lot. And before I, before I move on, I gotta, I gotta give my big props. That was a rhyme from Inspector Deck off the, the record Czarface that he did with uh, Action Bronson and a bunch of, bunch of other dudes. I think that Inspector Deck is just, he's one of the best MCs of all time who doesn't get 
doesn't get the credit for being one of the best of all the times. That's that's one of the downsides of being in a group like the Wu Tang Clan. There's so many other, so many other greats that you got to be truly, truly, truly great to stand out like a Method Man, like a like a Ghost Face Killer, that kind of thing. But uh, I I saw Ensign Kate. She had she had a cold. She was staying in her in her room for like a week straight, just coughing and sneezing. And I guess. I guess I got it now. Who knows? When you have when you have like an illness, there could be any number, any number of culprits, you know? I don't feel like I don't feel like that bad. I just feel like a bit like a bit worn down and a bit stuffed up. I might I might go to um I might go back to my room later and maybe try to watch a little little uh VCR tapes. I got some stuff that I uh, that I've been wanting to check out. I got this one tape. It has a uh, has two episodes of the Baseball Bunch. I love the bunch. I love Johnny Bench. I love the I love the famous chicken and all of his antics and I I got a couple episodes of that. I might watch. It has a This Week in Baseball. I I used to love that show when it was on. It was it was like a weekly recap of all the fun stuff that happened in the uh in the great game of, of baseball, and it would play usually Saturday mornings, kind of like at the end of the, uh, at the end of the cartoon block. I really, I really enjoy that, and this one has some bunch, has some of that. I might, I might head back to the, uh, to the, uh, room. They're not really that great of rooms. They're very small. The ones that I have, Iceberg has, Emily has, and Kate has, they don't have they they don't have any windows so even though you wouldn't really see anything it's mostly it's mostly dark out there there are there are like some observation windows here you know we were listening to the whales the other week and there's like that bubble on the top but for the most part the the rooms don't have windows and even if they did they're not they're not well lit like on the observation deck so you wouldn't really see anything anyway but still it's nice to it's nice to have some way to connect to the outside. It feels like you're inside of a, like you're inside of a can of Spam or a can of sardines with, with the lid still on. And these, these sounds, uh, the whales go by so, so frequently. I do not know what Dr. Jane Walsh and these people down here are doing with the whales, but they keep, they keep luring them near the station. You can hear every once in a while one will, one will, one will bump. Check it out. You can. You can hear them now. I I do not know what it's about. It is, it's a bit relaxing. I I don't mind. Uh, it's you know what you would expect when you were deep under the sea. Iceberg, iceberg hates it. Emily doesn't so much mind. I don't know Kate's opinion on it. I I tried to get AB Silver on the show this week to talk about to talk about the Johnny coins and how that's all going. I was unable to, but I will. I will have him next week. We have a book. Now, this is all... This is all based on me believing that he's going to show up when he's booked. And you never... You never know, but when he's promoting something that he's interested in, there... There is a greater chance than if there is no project. So, next week, we're going to have AB. It's going to be fun. Everybody... Everybody's going to be happy about that. Uh, I don't know. Let's... Let's just... uh, Let's cut this short and go into... um, at the movies. In a moment, at the movies without Ebert, Cisco, or even that dude Roper. But you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? A few weeks ago, I met Emily, this wonderful, elegant person. Do you drink? Does your kid drink? I mean, it's never too early to start teaching. I think you're joking, but great. Every time we do this, I feel so high tone. <laughs> She's an enigma, my wife. I can never quite reach her. Did you just take my picture? Erase it. I guess I'm probably not the kind of person you're normally friends with. Oh, you do not want to be friends with me. Trust me. Five days ago, Emily went missing. I warn you, you go poking around in her past, you're going to find something that is terrifying. I smell her perfume like a ghost. It's just you being paranoid. I saw my mom. She told me to say hi to Stephanie. People do terrible things for their own reasons. I don't know your secret. A Simple Favor, in theaters September 14th. 
A Simple Favor is the latest from Paul Feig, who you might remember from Freaks and Geeks. He directed a Melissa McCarthy comedy called Spy, which was, which was pretty funny. This movie is... This is hyped as from the dark side of Paul Feig. It is a noir-esque sort of, sort of murder mystery type thing. It stars Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively. Anna Kendrick is incredibly charming. I like her a lot. She was in the Pitch Perfect series. She was in Twilight. I, I think she's terrific. When, when I was recasting my Ocean's 8 a while ago, I... I kind of realize now one mistake I made was I should have I should have replaced America's sweetheart Sandy Bullock with Anna Kendrick. I think if you combine Anna Kendrick and Kate Blanchett, the greatest actor in the world, you you really have something special. And Blake Lively, who I who I don't see all that often. She was in that shark movie, The Shallows, and she had another movie that came out where I I think she was blind, but I'm not sure. I didn't see it. It didn't play here. It's on cable. I keep meaning to catch it because I like her. She has a real, like a real movie star sort of quality. She's big. She's blonde. She's very pretty. And also, as far as like the public eye, it seems like she stays away from a lot of that stuff. We we know she's married to Ryan Reynolds and that she has a family, but you don't see her like, you don't see her in like tabloids and all this stuff. So she... She retains this, like, movie star aura that her, you know, that her appearance really, really buys her. She's, uh, she's quite stunning. In this movie, she plays a, she's like a boss type. She works in New York at this perfume agency. She's sort of like a, she's sort of like a fixer over there. And, you know, I I think that, uh, I think that I might be going about this the wrong way. The movie really focuses on Anna Kendrick and her... Her relationship with, uh, with Blake Lively. Let's, let's circle back to Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick is a single mom and she, she meets this real mysterious Blake Lively character who is also a mom at the school. She has like this whole, this whole amazing New York life that Anna Kendrick is, she really, she longs for this. Maybe not openly, but she wants the... She wants this New York glamorous lifestyle that Blake Lively has. And this, this draws them into a friendship when all of a sudden Blake Lively goes missing. It's this, it's this giant mystery of like, where in the heck did she go? She was just here. She left her kid over at Anna Kendrick's house. She had Anna Kendrick pick her up, pick him up from school rather. And then she just disappeared. She's gone. Her husband can't find her. Nobody knows where she is. I I really enjoyed this movie. I do think toward the end they they maybe could have made a few cuts. It was it was a bit long, but the the tone of the movie is really great. There's a great soundtrack. It's all it's all like French pop music, which is something I really enjoy. I don't I don't have more than a surface level knowledge of it, but when I hear it, I think it sounds so neat. I I like how this um, this French pop has the the sensibilities of American pop, but but just hearing it in this you know sing songy French language, I don't know, man. I I really I really dig it. I like I like like Serge Gainsbourg and all that stuff. Whenever they would go over to Emily's house, that is uh, Blake's character, she would be playing this kind of music. There's one, there's one scene at the beginning where the music comes on and Anna Kendrick is dancing around and it just, just really well shot, really neat stuff that you would definitely want to see. Giffable is uh, maybe, maybe the best way to, to look at a lot of the, a lot of the scenes in this movie. It reminds me of this, this flick I saw called... Jawbreaker with Rose McGowan and Rebecca Gay Hart. The movie, the movie's kind of panned critically. I looked it up. It only has 7% on the, on the tomatoes, but I really enjoy it. And the way that I enjoy it is there are individual scenes that I think are shot really well or go really well with the, 
with the soundtrack. And when I see the the movie, I'll I'll skip ahead to those parts and I'll watch those parts. There's parts of it that I watch over and over and over again. There's probably scenes in this movie, Jawbreaker, I've seen a thousand times, but I I think I may have only seen the entire movie once, twice, maybe more than that, five, six times. I don't know, but the the simple favor reminds me of that. The tone is so neat, and some of the some of the cinematography is neat, and the soundtrack is so neat that I could find myself watching parts of it over and over and over again. But I don't know how many times I would watch it over and over again in its entirety. I could see myself buying the Blu-ray of this, especially if it had a director commentary. Maybe if you had like Paul Feig and Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively all in there talking about it, then I would definitely, definitely get it. I, I've been getting into director commentaries lately. I've, I've heard like a few in the past, but they didn't really resonate with me. But I, I've been checking about like, a lot lately. I watched the Ben Affleck one for Gone Baby Gone. That was that was really illuminating. I heard the J.J. Abrams Star Trek one. It was him and Lindelof and somebody else. That was that was illuminating too. I I have this movie, The Big Hit, with Mark Wahlberg and Lou Diamond Phillips that I that I really like. And I just discovered there's a director commentary on that DVD, so I'm gonna check that one out soon. If if the simple favor had a director commentary. I would definitely, definitely consider buying it, especially if I saw it on a previously viewed over at a, over at Joe video. So I, I did definitely like this. I thought it was a lot of fun. I did think it was a bit too long, but that's okay. You know, getting, getting more content isn't really, isn't really something you necessarily should complain about, even though I do all the time. I think that, I think that movies being too long is a complaint that only people who go to the movies too often make. I bet you people complain that a movie's short. When you don't go all that much, and you pay, and you see a movie, and it's like an hour and a half, you probably go, what a ripoff! Anyway, with all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter with one being a dud... And five being an all-time classic, I am going to go ahead and give a simple favor a solid three mics. Three mics. For two years, they stuffed his mailbox with ads for a dirty magazine. When he finally bought one, they arrested him. Look out, it could happen to you. Sunday. This week we have a special out in the field report from Arbu. I see robots. The Santa Rosa TechCon 2018. The annual Santa Rosa Toy and Comic Con is the main event of the entire Santa Rosa Geek Year. This is the thing everything builds up to. It's a big deal here in town if you're a nerd, man. My my brother-in-law, Mark, from North Bay Anime, he, he vends there every year, and I... I see him get stressed and a little more stressed and a little more stressed as the, as the event nears. I start to get, like, a little stressed just getting to go. It's a, uh, it's a big deal, man. Every year they lock in a couple, a couple real big name guests. They get people that you're very surprised are coming to Santa Rosa. This year they had Lou Diamond Phillips, Adam Baldwin from Firefly, RJ Mitt, Walt Jr. from Breaking Bad, and in the main event position, you had LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. You had LeVar Burton, Jordy LaForge himself from Star Trek. This guy, this guy is a legendary figure. Now, we talked about this on the end of the last episode. Lou Diamond pulled out at the last minute. He's not, he's not a man of his word. How hard would it have been to fly down from L.A.? It's literally like a 30-minute flight to the Santa Rosa Charles Schultz Airport. He could have come down done his panel, signed a few autographs, and headed back. But he didn't. He's not a man of his word. He's not my dude any longer. Even though he did come up a bit earlier in the show when I was talking about that uh, that big hit DVD that I 
that I plan to watch. At any rate, we all make our choices in life, and Lou Diamond, you have made yours. So, it was going to be me, the wife, 2.0 and 2.0's gal pal on the mission to the Santa Rosa Toy Con. I went ahead, purchased my ticket ahead of time. This is something I've learned from the SAC Con last year. Get your tickets ahead of time, even if they cost a little bit more, which... Which sometimes they do, but sometimes they actually cost a little bit less. Usually you get like an additional service fee of like three fifty per ticket, which is fine because you get to skip the you get to skip the line. So we got there maybe around like ten thirty or eleven. The doors open at ten. There is a nine o'clock early bird. I've never done the early bird. I'm a I'm a collector, you know, but I I don't necessarily need to um pay additional money to get first dibs, but hey man, maybe that's why I don't find the good stuff, but be that as it may, we got there like 10.30 or 11, I had, I had a few objectives, I wanted to find a 1982 Scarlet, I wanted to find a 1982 Snake Eyes, and if I saw these, I said, you're gonna pull the trigger, you're gonna pull the trigger on one of these, or both of these, I, I had the money that we got at the flea market, and I also, this is something I do, and this is something I recommend to everybody out there. I I keep all the aluminum that we have here in the house. We drink uh, an occasional diet soda, an occasional diet 7-Up, what have you, and I'll, I'll save these up the whole entirety of the year. I'll bag them, tie up the bags, put them on the side of the house, and then a few days before the toy show, I take them in. This is extra money. This is like mad money. I don't care what I spend this money on because it's all, it's all just whatever. It's from collecting cans and it took me one trip over to the uh, recycling place. The recycling place is kind of a wild, wild west. It's always, always an adventure over there, but um, I had like an additional, I don't know, like 50 bucks in can money, and this is all money I don't care about. I, I'm a cheapskate by nature, and if I have to spend, like, money I've actually earned on an expensive action figure, I do, I do kind of fret about it, because in a way, it sort of feels like a waste of money, but with this extra, this extra mad money, I don't give a flip. I'll buy whatever. I'll go nuts. So, we got in there, and, like, immediately, 2.0 and the gal pal, they just... They said, all right, peace out. And they peace out of this and just, like, took off in a different direction. The The show has expanded to three buildings. And in one building, they had, like, a big video game. They call it, like, a video game bus. That's what the that's what the gals call it. I don't know if that was the official name. But they, they went over to the video game bus. The, the kid 2.0 is a whiz at Super Smash Bros. And she was up in the bus just smashing on fools, from what I hear. Her and, her and the gal pal were like, you should have seen her. She was just killing everybody. So that is... That's actually something I take great pride in. There was one weekend she went to the school to play in a Super Smash tournament, and there was there was one kid, this kid named Ben, who was supposed to be like the best player in the whole school, and she defeated him in the in the semifinals, and he got so mad he threw his Wiimote against the wall and smashed it. When she told me that, I was just like, "Give me a dap, you're great. Here's fifty bucks." I didn't really give her fifty bucks, but I was I was pretty pleased that she made some dude completely shatter his control. So nice. So she was in the, she was in the game bus breaking on fools and that was great. So we, we headed out in search of the, in search of the elusive G.I. Joes. There's not a lot of G.I. Joe vendors at the show. There are people who have like a few, a few loosey-goosey ones. There's this one guy named Rich who has all the G.I. Joes. He has boxes and boxes and boxes and vehicles and USS flags. This guy, this guy is the G.I. Joe kingpin, so I knew I'd find him, but I was also, I was also looking for maybe, like, some different, some different G.I. Joe vendors, so I'm just, like, going around, going around, going around, I find this, I find this guy has, like, a plastic tub with a bunch of loose Joes in it, and I'm going through, and there's the Scarlet, he wanted 40 bucks, it was 1982 straight arm Scarlet, with the, with the thumbs still intact, she did not have her crossbow, but I have the crossbow at home, so I wasn't, I wasn't sweating that, I... I was able to talk him down to 30 bucks. So I got, I got the Scarlet. I love her. She's great. Her, her leotard is still its original color. Just a, just a fantastic figure. And I'm very, very, very pleased with that. Right about that time, they announced that the, the RJ Mitt panel, RJ Mitt is Walt Jr. from Breaking Bad was about to start. So we were kind of up in the air about whether we were going to go check this one out or not. But I was like, hey, we should check it out. We're here. We paid for tickets. Let's go. 
Let's go do it. A panel is really fun. It's like a director's commentary of the of the actor's experience in certain things. I I definitely enjoy them. There's something I've only recently gotten into. I'd been going to cons for years, would never go to panels. I was always just always in the vendor room, but I I kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, you got to get the most out of your ticket. There are people here that are given, like, really neat speeches, and you should you should definitely get the most out of your ticket price and take some of those speeches in. So I, I started getting into it. Over the years, I've seen Billy D. Williams. I've seen, I've seen Ernie Hudson. I've seen Walter Koenig. I've seen all, I've seen Will Wheaton. I've seen all kinds of neat panels with people, and it's always, it's always fun. One time we went to a G.I. Joe con in Sacramento and we got there, we got there later than I wanted to and we missed a panel with the, with the sheep herders who are, what were they called? The bushwhackers. They were called the bushwhackers in the WWF. I, I know them as the fabulous sheep herders, but that's, that's just me and my old, my old school ways. Shout out to classic wrestling stars on on Facebook, but for whatever reason, they were there at the con, and they were doing a panel, and I, and I missed it, I felt bad about that, I still feel bad about that, I would have liked to, like to know what good old, uh, Butch and Luke have to say about things, but anyhow, we decided to go over to the RJ Mitt panel, that was in another building, so we walked on over there, and I have to say, it was, it was pretty fun, the dude is like a super positive, super duper nice, super cool guy, I, I didn't know what to expect from him going in, I've never seen him interviewed, I have no idea what his personality is like, but the guy was like, really outgoing, and really friendly, and he started off his, he started off his keynote address with some, with some like, real positive thoughts, let me, uh, let me play a quick clip, real quick. And then you'll realize you, again that you hate your job and you hate this and you want to change this. And, and then you're like, okay, how can I do that? Well, I can't. And, and that's, that's a lie. You can't. I try to remind people, look, can't, can't is a decision. This is something that I even forget myself, but all your can'ts are decisions. When you say I can't do something, I can't do this or I can't do that, no, you, that you, you decided you can't do that. That doesn't mean you physically can't do that. There are some things in our life that, that will come into break walls that we can't do, but if you've never tried to do it, how do you know that you can't do it? And that's one thing is can't is that major decision maker. And then we have to get rid of that mentality. That was really good stuff, man. I always enjoy I always enjoy just like some nice positive thoughts, you know, they they always help. Forgive the crinkling at the front. I apologize for that. I was I was trying to get into this bag of um dried mangoes that I had. Going to a con is taxing, man. It gets hot. And I I recorded the entirety of the RJ Mitt panel. And if you're interested in that, I'm gonna pop it up over on Patreon at supportthereport.com the day after this episode comes out. So if you listen to it on a Wednesday, it'll be available on the Thursday. So you can check that out. You just gotta become a show patron. You can do that for as little as a dollar a month. It's not much. It's it's a real neat speech. And in it, he talks about how he thinks Walt White may have survived what happened to him in Breaking Bad. It's it's pretty neat. When the when the panel was over, a homeboy was just standing around talking to people. So I went up to him and I gave him a gave him a pound and told him what's up. He shook my hand. He talked to me for a second. Guy was super nice. I saw him later. He was walking around the show. He was walking around the toy show just just looking at toys and talking to people. You hardly ever see the guest away from their booths. Maybe maybe like on the way to the uh, latrine or something like that. But you never see him like out walking around just talking to people for free. It was great. I really... I really liked it. He seemed like a heck of a guy. After that, we we walked around the show a little bit. Mike Grell, who is one of my favorite comic writers, he wrote the he wrote the Green Arrow back in the '90s. He created the Warlord. He was writing a real mature style book back in the back in the time where I was at the age of really feeling like I had to defend my comic writing reading rather to people. You know, I was in my late teens and comics seemed silly, but I could always hold up these green arrows and go, no way, this is mature, this is for adults. So Mike Grell was there signing autographs. It was only $5 to get him to sign something if you brought your own thing. And I, 
I brought my copy of Longbow Hunters number one, and I got him to sign that. I talked to him for a, a few minutes. I never know what to say. It's not that I don't want to talk to somebody, but it's like, I don't necessarily have questions for people. I... I read the work, I enjoy the work, or I watch the show and I enjoy the show, but I don't necessarily have any questions for you beyond beyond normal human being stuff like, how you doing, man? What do you think of Santa Rosa so far? You having a nice time? What are you guys doing later? That kind of, that kind of stuff. So we had like a, a little bit of like a personal chit chat. I asked him and his wife what they, where they were going later, if they were going to head back home or if they were going to have dinner, stuff like that. Just normal chit chat between grownups. That's something else you got to remember. I'm a grownup. You're a grownup too. So you can, you can talk to people on like a one-on-one level that, that kind of extends past stardom or fandom, you know? So that was cool. And we, we kind of dipped around some more. The wife made a purchase that is absolutely fantastic. She bought a uh, Rimco Mini Monsters carrying case. This is the one that folds out and becomes like a, um, like a spooky lab. There's like a, a neat little coffin that you can put Dracula in. There's a place to put Frankenstein, a place to put where the werewolf. And it came with the werewolf. She got this for 20 bucks. It is missing the handle on the top. But if you go online and you look, most of them are missing the handle. It's a bit flimsy. She got an amazing bargain. I see, I see versions in this condition going for like 100, 120 bucks online. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked on that. She bought it for me. She's seen me going around searching for these Draculas. And she's like, I know you like monsters. I saw this. I thought you would like it. It's, it's from Rimco. I heard you say Rimco sometimes. So I'm like, that's so sweet. I got it. I got it in the office up there. It's really great. I think that, I think I'm going to put it with the Halloween stuff and only pull it out once a year when Halloween comes around to make it like, to make it like extra special. I do that with some of my, some of my action figures. I'm really up in the air. If I'm going to do that with the Dracula Amigo, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a bit of a spoiler. Yes, the Dracula Amigo has arrived for my eBay purchase, and I will, I will expound on it later. When I was at the show, I saw one booth that had, they had three, no, four, four Dracula Amigos. They had three on the peg, and then one in a display case. They wanted 35 bucks each. They also had... A couple Jimi Hendrix. So, I've been wondering where all the Draculas are. Well, these creeps bought them. I, I did not, did not appreciate that. And when I saw them, I took a picture and quickly exited their booth. I shan't not do business with Mego scalpers. Especially when I've been on the hunt for like months. Spent hours and months and time and I don't know. So, I, I dip around the show a bit more. There's a lot of neat stuff. Super 7 has a booth. I got this homeboy. His name is Aris. He works for... He worked for Super 7, and I I saw him. They had the Super 7 booth with all the all the reactions and the shirts and all that all that neat stuff. They really, truly do have neat stuff. The Masters of the Universe reactions that they're coming out with are just... They are just great. They had some Iron Maiden reactions, all kind of fun stuff. But, um... They let, they let Aris have his own little corner of the, of the table to sell some of his own stuff. And he had a lot of his neat dudes, a big G.I. Joe collector like myself. So he had a bunch of Joes there. But what he also had was a, um, a Mickey Mouse Weeble set. You know, like Weebles wobble and they don't fall down. He had a, a Mickey Mouse Weeble set that he bought for me the week before at the flea market. He got home. He's like, you know, I, I kind of like it, but, um, I thought it would look nice on the table. And I'm thinking, how funny is that? Like the week before I bought General Hawk from you at the flea market and you bought this from me and now you have it at the Super 7 booth and it's going to go to somebody else. I, I did notice that later at the show, it was not there. So somebody in fact did buy it thinking it, maybe thinking it was a Super 7 exclusive Weeble. I don't know. Around that time though, we realized that the Jordy LaForge panel was not going to be until roughly 4.30 in the afternoon. The show goes from 10 to 5. So we're like, oh man, that's a long time from now. So we had to settle in and decide, are we going to stay or are we going to go? Eventually, we decided we should just stay. This is only once a year, only one time a year do we have to go to the Santa Rosa Toy Con, get to go. 
get the honor of going to the Santa Rosa Toy Show. So, hey, we might as well stick it out. But it was going to require food. The one area that the Toy Con was lacking was there's only a few food trucks. There's like a hamburger truck and like a gyro truck. But um, on the... On the other side of the fence, there was some kind of like some bouncy situation going on, like this kind of bouncy festival. And we we went over there and they had a couple more food trucks. One of them was like a pizza truck. I'm like, oh, a slice. That'll be nice. But man, the line was going so slow. I was getting so dizzy. I was getting the vapors. I was getting woozy from not having enough cheese and crust inside my guts. And um, there... There was, like, one person at the register and another one that was supposed to be handing out, handing out the fresh slices. But, um, the slice guy, I don't know what was going on. It was almost, it was almost becoming, like, a comedy routine. He kept sticking his head out and going, what did you order? What did you order? But he kept saying it to the same person. It was becoming like this. It was, there's no other way to put it, but it was becoming really comical. He'd stick her, he'd stick his head out and go, what are you ordering? And she'd go... Two green herb, and he'd stick his head back in. A couple seconds later, go, what was that again? I, I wanted to grab a hold of him and give him, like, a stone-cold stunner because I wanted my pizza so bad. I was, I was dying. Eventually, I did, I did, did get my slice, but it was only, it was only mediocre. They used, like, frozen crust. I don't know. I was not, I was not impressed with the slice, but that was the only, the only downside to the whole day. We dipped back into the con and we looked around some more. And finally, I had been like saving it up. I know there's like one great G.I. Joe vendor, but I didn't want to go to him straight away. I wanted to, I wanted to like savor, savor the moment that I could get over there. Dude had a USS flag. Dude had every figure you could ever want. And I was able, yes, indeed, I was able to get the 1982 straight arm snake eyes that has eluded me for so, so many years. I had to pay, I paid 45. He had his gun, he had everything. He was complete, totally perfect. Thumbs were fine, crotch was fine, everything was great. I was just so totally happy with this purchase. The 1982 snake eyes is a great, great action figure. I, I tempted fate, I... I wanted to put his gun in his hand. He has an Uzi, but as we know, the thumbs on the 1982 Joes are very, very fragile. But I wanted to put him with my Joes, and I wanted the gun in his hand. So I decided, dude, you gotta go for it. So I spent like a good 10, maybe 15 minutes just kind of slowly moving it in there until finally it was in his hand, and I... I'm so happy he's on the shelf up on the Earth base next to Scarlet, next to Stalker, next to Grunt, next to Rock and Roll, next to Flash, next to Zap, next to Steeler. The guys are all reunited again. It was, it was truly a great day. I was so, I was so happy. I was going home with a Remco Mini Monster case. I was going home with a 1982 Scarlet. I was going home with the 1982 Snake Eyes. There was also, one of my favorite vendors around here was at the show. This guy, this guy sells magazines and only magazines. They're all a dollar a piece and they're all in chronological order. Also by, by magazine title, I have bought like so many issues of Wizard from this guy. I have bought so many issues of Toy Fair and today... And that day, I went home with 20 issues of Toy Fair that I did not have. I was so happy. I I read Toy Fair magazines to death. I use them for show research. I use them for show ideas. Just just all kinds of purposes. Just general entertainment purposes. And they get read. They get read to death. I've told the wife, if we're ever at the flea, if we're ever anywhere, you see a Toy Fair magazine, buy it. Because undoubtedly, the copy that I have, if not mostly destroyed will soon be destroyed. I did buy one other thing that I completely forgot. I brought it down here with me. I'm reaching for it. It's, I was checking it out when I had to leave down here for the, um, for the, the, uh, submarine, and I, I wanted to check it out. I got a Love Boat action figure on the card. It is, it is Julie. Let me, it's inside of a comic book bag. I like it when people do that. I, I'm going to bring her out because I want to see who else came out in this series. You got Vicky, Captain Steubing, The Doc, Gopher, Julie, and Isaac. These came out in 1981 by Mego Corp. 
with Aaron Spelling Productions. I love an action figure that should not exist. And Love Boat was definitely a line that should not exist. I also also have Vicky, but I, I don't have her in the card. This is the first one I have on the card. I got this for $12. I was... I was really pleased with that. The card has the uh, the Pacific Princess, and it has all the people inside of a um, little life preserver. Very neat, very fun. But we we did it. We made it. We made it through the whole day, and finally, it was time for the Jordy LaForge Lavar Burton panel. I I used to love reading Rainbow so much. Back when I was a kid, I loved it. I'm a avid reader today, and I I like to think that that show had something to do with it. I'm a big fan of Star Trek. I love Next Gen. I love Jody LaForge. I was really, really looking forward to this, and I was so happy when the when the time finally came, and there he was, standing before us. This was like standing room only. Normally, there are seats on the um, available at the panels, but we had to sit up against the wall on the side. He was he was such a nice guy, very charismatic, very. Very experienced public speaker, as you can imagine. He does cons and stuff all the time. But he was, he was really, really nice. I was so, so happy to be in here hearing him tell his stories. I got, let's play another uh, quick clip before we, before we move on. Galaxy Quest. Mm. Did you like it? Love. Love Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest was directed by a man named Dean Pariseau. And if you go back to old episodes of Reading Rainbow, Dean Pariseau was our director of photography for many seasons of, of, of Reading Rainbow. Yeah. So I was very, very happy when, when Dean got the job. Um, I was sad that it meant that he was leaving Reading Rainbow. Um, but Galaxy Quest is one of my top 20 favorite films of all time. Lilies of the Field is number one. Lilies of the Field, 1963, Sidney Poitier won an Academy Award. Number two on the list is Blade Runner. Uh, Number three, anything with Pandy Lou. Such a crush on that woman. She did, she just won an Emmy the other night. was fun. You got to hear LeVar Burton tell you what his top three favorite movies are. I also I also recorded the entirety of this panel and I'll post that up on Patreon. You can find that at supportthereport.com for as little as a dollar a month. You can hear these two neat panels. We're going to have RJ Mitt. We're going to also have LeVar Burton, the entirety of the things. Those are fun. Listen, and the recordings, they came out pretty good. You can absolutely understand everything, everything they have. So that's that's a nice little bonus for those who want to support us over on Patreon. That's supportthereport.com. I definitely advise you to head over there and check that out. It's it's fun. There's also like some episodes of Real Wisdom that haven't aired here. There's there's an un an previously untold dig story. There's a lot of neat stuff over on the uh over on supportthereport.com. You can get down for as little as a dollar a month. So there you have it. Another Another Santa Rosa Comic-Con in the books. It's been six years straight that we've been going. I enjoy it. It's definitely the definitely the main event of the geek year. Tons and tons and tons of fun. I, I succeeded on every level. I got the Scarlet. I got the Snake Eyes. I did everything. It was such, such a fun time. If you have a toy con near you, go. It's fun. It's fun to look at toys. Even if you don't buy anything, you get to spend the whole day looking at vintage toys. It's such a hoot. It's a hoot and a half, so, uh, that's about it, my dudes. Let's move into the final segment of the shizzy. Available now from Electronics Toys. This case pirate attacking action figure plays it. They are blowing us up. They're not blowing us up, Iceberg. It looks, it, the shields are still holding. Are, are, is everything okay? Are the shields holding? They are 37% efficiency, sir. Snoogans. Okay, we're going to have to do something. They're softening us up for an attack. Let's move those desks over near the doors. Come on, let's go. The first ever release from Pitonic's Toys. The Space Pirates Attack. Available now at icrobats.com. While supplies last. 
You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, dudes, we are back for the final segment of the show. This is the one in which I talk about, like, things I bought or maybe things I saw on TV or just whatever. We've done a lot of, like, what I bought in the whole toy show segment, but I did... I did get a hold of one of one major thing this past week. Yes, the quest is over and I now have the Mego Dracula that I have coveted for so long. I had to get him on eBay, which is something I I will buy things on eBay, of course, but I don't like to buy I don't like to buy new things like this. I don't like to give in to scalpers, but I could not find this son of a gun anywhere and I I needed him something awful. I have him in my hand right now, and I, I want to say this. This is an absolutely terrific action figure. The head sculpt is like, the head sculpt is like, it's like classic Bella Lugosi. It is a spot-on rendition of the dude. He has a cape. A, it's like a faux velvet cape, and he has like a shirt and a vest. This is, this is truly a terrific action figure, and I am glad, I'm glad to have him. He's the gem of the bunch with the Migos for for darn sure. You're gonna, you're gonna have to bear with me. I, I'm still milking this cold, and it's, it's on the way out, but I have, like, I have, like, this tickle in my throat, and I'm having a hard time, I'm having a hard time talking, so this may, this may all come out disjointed, but I, I truly, really, I love this Dracula, and with, with Halloween coming up, he's gonna be, like, a centerpiece of my, of my Halloween display. It's dope. I'm glad I got him. It was, it was well worth the trouble. I hope that the, I hope that the Frankenstein is, I hope that it's equally good. Let's rate the Migos that came out. I, I did not buy any of the female ones, so this is only going to be like, only like a male-oriented kind of thing. I apologize. Don't, don't think that I'm being sexist here. It's just, this is what I happen to purchase. Legosi's top. Then second, I would go Hendrix, and then Sulu, Chekhov, Norm. Oh, I forgot Action Jackson. You got to go Lugosi, Action Jackson, Jimi Hendrix, Sulu, Chekhov, Norm, and then Fonzie. That's, that's all. I don't know. I hadn't really given it any thought going in, so that's, that's neither here nor there. Let's see. What else is popping off? We got... We just got a phone message a bit ago. Let's, uh, let's take a listen to that. If you do want to participate in that way, you can reach us at 707-532-JAMS. That's 707-532-5267. You can call in. You can leave a message. You can call in. Give us a text. Oh, we got a, we got a text too. Let's, let's take that text first. That's, um, that's a bit easier to deal with. Let's see. This is, this is from Mike. What's up, Mike? And he says... I see robots. I never hear you talk about these, but I'm curious. What do you think of Legos? Well, I think Legos are terrific. I don't collect Legos now, but it's not because I don't like them. I just, I gotta limit my collecting somewhere. When I was younger, I was so into Legos. Um, having the, the Lego castle, the one with the yellow walls, is one of my earliest memories. I remember getting that soon after we moved to California. It's terrific. I loved the space Legos. I have never been, like, a Lego master by any stretch. I would just kind of have fun with it. But I I definitely respect those who can build great things out of Legos. Legos are so ingrained as part of our culture that you just, they're their own entity. They're their own awesome entity. I love Legos. I have, I have very few. They, they're a bit pricey. For me, which I get, they're very high quality, but the the price point does kind of keep me away. Whereas I can get like a Star Wars figure for like $6.99. A, a $6.99 Lego set is going to be, it's going to be very small. And the big ones are super duper duper pricey. But that's because they're quality, man. You get what you pay for. I, I would say I'm a supporter of Legos when... When I have to get a gift for, like, my nephew or for, like, a youth in my life, in my life I will all go straight to Legos because I think it's so important to play with Legos in your, in your early defining years. They really, they really just teach you a lot about abstract thought, about building, about engineering, all these great things. I got nothing, 
Nothing but love for Legos. Thanks for that, man. If you want to leave us a text, I am more than happy to read it. I will take all questions. That's 707-532-JAM, 707-532-5267. And now we have a, we got an audio message. Let's take a listen to that. Yo, what up, I see robots. Brother, 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 how you make them get down? It's your dude hanging out on Earth Base in Des Moines, and uh, couldn't help but notice you were sharing your love for LJS, the Long John Silver's action, a few episodes back, and I had some news for you. First off, you probably like the base here if you ever get transferred, because there are no less than three in the area, and that's down. That number has dwindled significantly from when I was a young pup. Uh, I have a tip for you. Next time you travel, you make the journey for the planks, the, the fish planks, and I don't know if you dig the chicken planks, but whatever you're into, man. Uh, you were talking about crumbs. You're, you're saying, hey, you like those crumbs? Well, you're not alone, and here's my tip for you. They actually call them crumbs, and you can order like a side of crumbs in a decent-sized box, and I think they only charge about 25 cents. It's like a quarter. So no big thing, man. Just next time you go to LJS, you got a little craving. You need to go overboard and all that good business. Just tell them, man. Hook me up with some crumbs, and then you'll get what you want. Anyway, talk to you later. Bye. Hook me up with some crumbs will be my new battle cry. That might be the new catchphrase for the show. You are listening to the Toys R Us Report. Hook me up with some crumbs. I don't know, man. It has a has a nice ring to it. Do you thank you very much for those uh for those tips? I I definitely don't get the Long Johns as much as I would like. I wish we had one in uh in SR. We got to go all the way to Vallejo, Valley Joe to get some. It's only only like it's less than an hour, but nevertheless, it's still it's still a drive. But it is it's worth it for those planks. I myself only like the fish planks. I don't think the chicken planks are bad or anything, but it's a fish joint, dude. I'm going to get the fish. I like the fish. I like the shrimp. And I definitely like the crumbs. Hook me up with some crumbs. I I definitely appreciate that call. If you want to call in, you can do so. 707-532-5267-532-JAMS. That is the IC Robots Radio Hotline. What else? What else is... What else is popping off? I'm still enjoying The Purge on TV. I I have yet to see Iron Fist. I I really do like the immortal Iron Fist. He's a particularly uh, favorite character of mine. And I, I don't mind the dude who plays him as much as some other people seem to. But I, I feel like I am kind of in a superhero TV burnout. We, we never even finished Green Arrow. We never even finished Supergirl. I ended up deleting both of them off the, uh, off the DVR. We'll just continue with, uh, with the next season, episode one. I deleted Gotham. We got, we only got like six or seven episodes into Gotham and I ended up just deleting the whole thing. It's, there's a lot of superhero TV, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's getting to the point where you can't watch it all. As much as I want to, you can't watch it all, and that's that's not a that's not a bad problem to have. I'm definitely looking forward to the start of the new CW season. They're they're going to be doing some kind of an Elseworlds crossover event, and that that should be fun. But I have no idea when I'm going to get to Iron Fist, and I think that I heard they're going to be starting Daredevil. I think October 19th is the is the date that I heard, and that's not very, very far from now, so I don't know, man. I might end up just being, like, super, super, super far behind. I do have to admit, I'm not, like, I'm not a giant fan of the Netflix Marvel Universe. I think the seasons are too long. I don't know. I just... They don't really grab me. I've only... I enjoyed Jessica Jones season one. I didn't really like the last season of Luke Cage all that much. I really did not like Jessica Jones season two. I liked Iron Fist season one to a degree. I like the Defenders. I didn't so much like the Punisher. I don't know. They they just don't speak to me in the way that they do other people. They're, they're a bit too violent. They're a bit too dark. I realize that, like, the the superhero world is going to be violent. And there is going to be 
a lot of fighting, but the, I don't know, just the bloodshed, the killing, the realism, it, it kind of turns me off. That's what turned me off about Green Arrow. That's what really, really turned me off about Gotham. I think Gotham's a quality show, but criminy, it is incredibly violent. When I read Batman comics, they are also incredibly violent, but there's a big difference between reading it on a page and seeing it on a screen. It's just so, just so visceral. I don't know. I do, I do enjoy violent entertainment. I like The Purge. I like horror movies, but when I watch a cartoon show, a comic book show rather, I, I want to see just not necessarily like fun, happy times, but I, I like a nice, happy, silly tone. I don't know. That's, That's just me to each of their own. I'm watching Lodge 49 on AMC, and I am really, really enjoying that. If you're not into that, I, I recommend it to the fullest. It's a neat mystery. I, I like that I don't, that I don't know where the whole thing is going. It's really, really fun, highly enjoyable, highly recommended. I'm still enjoying The Purge on TV. They, they started a Sons of Anarchy spinoff called The Mayans. That's only a few episodes in, but I'm, I'm enjoying that too. Sons of Anarchy got a bit too dark and violent toward the end for my taste. I liked it when it was like a, sort of like an action adventure kind of silly show. And the Mayans, there is a lot of violence, but it's still kind of a, still sort of like a silly kind of, kind of action-y kind of deal. I think that I'm going to get up out of here. But before I do, I want to announce I have started a new little project. It's called IC Robots Television. It is a YouTube channel where... Basically, I'm just like ripping old commercials off VHS tapes and stuff. I hope to, I hope to add like some original content. I got my video camera. I want to go around town, record stuff. The, the first piece of original footage that I have is I shot, I shot like 10, 15 minutes of stuff at the, at the Santa Rosa Toy Con that this episode is based on. And I got that up there. It's IC Robots Television on YouTube. If you go to icrobots.com and go down the go down the bar on the side, you can see a link for it there. Or you can just go to YouTube and search IC Robots Television. It'll come up. Right now, I have roughly 30 videos or so. I wanted to wait till I got a whole bunch before I announced it. I didn't want to, like, post one video and then go, Oh, I got a YouTube channel. And you guys go and you have to wait for a bunch of other stuff. I got I got a good 30 videos up there. There's a, there's a whole episode of the Baseball Bunch. There is an episode of Family Double Dare that I found. There is a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of. 80s and 90s commercials. It gives me it gives me something to do with all these videotapes that I keep bringing home. I'm just like hooked on buying old cassettes of TV at the dig and I bring them home and I don't know what to do with them. So I've started ripping them to YouTube. It's fun. Gives me gives me a little another little activity. You know, the days are long sometimes. It gives me gives me something fun to do when I'm on the earth base, you know. So check that out. I see robots television. Go over subscribe, watch some videos, have a good time. I'll, I'll also tweet out the link when this episode comes out. So don't worry. You'll get, you'll get reminded many, many, many times. Let's see. Next week, we are going to have an abbreviated show. I got, I got three vacation days from down here on the ocean's floor. And we're going to go, we're going to go do some fun trips and stuff. So I will, I will definitely have a show, but it might not have a main feature. It might just be like a, like the kind of show you get during the summer, you know, like a good 45 minutes of just whatever. It'll be fun. Don't worry. It's not going to be whack by any means. Oh, yeah. Make sure to check out those panels I recorded for the show. Those are up on Patreon right now as we speak. You can get access to those for as little as a dollar a month. That is supportthereport.com. We got one with RJ Mitt, Walt Jr. talking Breaking Bad. We got one with the great... The great LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow, from Roots, from Star Trek. It's great, man. They are definitely, definitely, definitely worth checking out. And you get access to that for as low as a dollar a month. And all the money goes to support the show. That's supportthereport.com. So, until next time, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for Engineer Emily Iceberg, Ensign Kate. This has been episode number 170 of the Toys R Us Report. So until next time, if you don't know, now you know.
This has been IC Robots Radio Production. IC Robots Radio is a listener-supported indie If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Everybody love everybody! Come on! Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL Sacramento Stockton, California is owned and operated by Camellia City Telecast. Under his Fubo is a guru who won the rat race. <laughs>